Hey there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Chronicles of Mister, where wisdom, passion, and education converge into a symphony of insights. I'm your host, Mister Pierre, and today's episode is a journey into the captivating world of dance education with the extraordinary Venetia Stripling. Imagine a story that begins with aspirations of law and transforms into a 19-year dance odyssey. Venetia's chronicle is a testament to the power of unexpected turns mentorship, and the courage to embrace one's true calling. We'll unravel the secrets behind her transition from law enthusiast to dance maestro, exploring the delicate dance between realism and encouragement in the classroom. Venetia unveils the nuances of teaching in public schools versus private studios, providing a roadmap for educators seeking balance and growth. But this isn't just about dance. It's about the universal wisdom she imparts, applicable to every teacher in any discipline. How does she prevent burnout? What gems can we gather from the four-hour work week? Well, buckle up for a roller coaster of insights, laughter, and the unexpected as we delve into the Chronicles of Mister with the remarkable Venetia Stripling. Stay tuned and let the Chronicles unfold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Chronicles of Mr. I'm Mr. Pierre, and I'm so glad to be joined by an entrepreneur, an amazing black woman. Um, if you would, please, could you introduce yourself to the podcast? Absolutely. My name is Venetia Stribling, and I'm a dance educator in South Carolina, um, veteran dance educator, actually. This is year number, it's crazy to say out loud, but year number 19. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Mm-hmm. Now, and also a entrepreneur outside of that as well. Exactly. Excellent. So that's part of the reason why I've wanted to get you on the podcast, Venetia, is that we know nowadays there are so many people who are choosing to leave the profession. And for whatever reason, that's their prerogative. They are free to do so. We are not going to shade anyone. But for them to know that to be in front of kiddos in whatever capacity is what we hope they will remain to do. And so for you as a a dance educator, how did you make that transition? When did you choose to choose to teach dance? It was actually by accident. Um, (laughs) I had always wanted to be a lawyer. Um, Right, right. I had always wanted to be a lawyer. I was a fanatic um, of the show Law and Order and things. However, once I did some research, exactly. (laughs) Once I did some research in middle school and realized, okay, it's nothing like the TV show. Maybe a cute little pivot. Number one, number two, I was a crazy introvert. Um, for the longest, didn't really break out that shell until college. So it was my high school senior year where our district had its first dance program installed in the district on the high school level first. And I was a part of that class. Um, And the dance teacher mentioned, yeah, you can go to college for this. You can teach it because I'd only been exposed in the studio. I was a studio dance kid as well since like second grade and things. So to make a long story short, enjoyed my experience of the dance education side within the public school classroom, which is completely different from dance studio. Number one, number two, having the opportunity to go to her alma mater, which is now my alma mater and uh, attend scholarship weekend and see what it's like to be a, a collegiate and thoroughly enjoyed it, received a full ride scholarship to that wow, private institute. Congrats. And here, here I am. 
Awesome. 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 So what I'm hearing you say is that it was due to someone else exposing you to something that you weren't fully aware of in that sort of genesis and just genesis from there. Absolutely. Okay. As a person who originally earned his degree in biology and now I teach, teach math. Similarly, it was someone who saw something in me said, Hey, well, I think you ought to be, you're, you're probably in the wrong profession. Um, so to anyone who's listening to know that you can make that pivot at whatever age, at whatever time, um, is a okay. Um, as a dance teacher, and you you touched on it a little bit, what are some of the differences that you see versus the classroom and the studio? Oh my goodness. Um, number one is enrollment. Um, on the I started off teaching elementary dance and did that for eight years, then transitioned over to where I am now in high school. In elementary dance, those educators are part of the related arts circuit is what we call them. Um, some schools call them specials, whether the kids go to dance, music, art, you teach everybody. So it's regardless of whether you like it or not, you're you're in that class, number one. Number two, it's all taken care of financially with your you know, public school tuition. Uh, dance studios, that's out of pocket. You pay unless that studio has a scholarship and that scholarship is only awarded if you have the, the potential, the skill, the talent, the grit, all that. Um, on the high school level, similar because my class serves as an elective, a graduation elective. So the kids can take my class and take band, orchestra, chorus, visual arts, all of those. Uh, but for mine, my entry level classes, they're not audition based. Some kids say, you know, my guidance counselor put me in there, but they have the opportunity if they would like to opt out before that ad drop period happens in our uh at our schedule, they can do that. So they do have a choice, but as far as getting me, they get me for free 99, kind of, sort of. <laughs> it's a part of that school fees, but it's it shows on their, their student fees as like an elective, but they definitely don't have to come out of pocket like a parent who's enrolled their student into a studio, number one. That's a huge thing, enrollment, tuition, um, even the lesson planning. In a studio, you work on technique, mm -hmm uh completely in a public school sector that dance teacher has the opportunity to mold that program into whatever he or she wants to i have a holistic program so we don't start off dancing we start talk about uh arts appreciation dance etiquette what is it like to enter a dance studio a dance space what is it like to be in a theater you know those are privileges not rights so how do we respect those spaces you know and how do you operate as a audience member first then we go into the uh creative creative movement ballet jazz contemporary um analyzing choreography how do you read choreography that has right. no words or text behind it yeah. or writing across the curriculum creating a written piece and transposing that uh those words into movement so hmm. in a public school dance classroom a teacher has the full authority to do all that and it's not always push out show 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 right show. right yeah. Cool. And of the two, which do you prefer, the the classroom or the studio, or is it just a 50-50 love them both? It's for my program, it's definitely a 50-50. We do a lot of conversation. We do a lot of social justice conversation. We talk hmm. about what's happening to them right now. We get raw, rugged, uncut, and real. Um, nice. And then transpose that into arts pieces that talk about the same thing across history. Um, okay. Number one, 
Number two, we do get into movement and I'm a stickler for conditioning. You hmm. know, you like these artists that perform and that put on tours, but these touring artists went through a boot camp, a tradition, a conditioning moment of some some sort. So it's a little bit of everything in my high school program. Oh, you froze on me. Hello? Hello? Your picture dropped out if you can hear me.
Having some technical difficulties with Venetia. We'll see if we can get her back in a moment.
Hey, hey. Hey. Nice. So the last thing that um, I heard before it dropped out was you explaining um, classroom versus studio. Yes. And you, the, the last thing that I heard, I was, or last thing I remember asking you was, which do you prefer? Do you prefer uh, classroom versus the studio? And then you started going to that and then it, just, it sort of uh, went black. Hot dog. Okay. Um, between the two, that's a tough one. And within my classroom, that has worked well for me and my students, both on the elementary school level when I was there and also on the high school level, um, currently is having a holistic program, which combines both of them. Um, at the high school level, knowing that we have such a group of techie kids, number one, number two, we have the instant gratification kids. Right, number two, right. especially uh, the post-pandemics, um, and assuming that if I learn a quick little eight count, that's going to make me go viral and put me into stardom. So very much so the, uh, <laughs> the etiquette of the dance studio mixed with the uh, history and the analysis of the, the classroom portion of the dance education space. It's, it's definitely my program is a collaboration of both. Got it. Got it. And just to, to be honest and to acknowledge something that you just talked about, that is something that our kiddos are. I teach middle school, so I see it at recess or at the end of the day where the kiddos will post their phones up and start doing their dances and think 30 seconds to a minute is, you know, I got it. I'm going to be a backup dancer for Sierra or Janet. Um, how do you how do you help to, you know, you don't want to crush kiddos spirits, but you also want to be realistic with them that. If you were ever to go out on tour, you're not only dancing for 30 seconds to a minute, like you've got a whole set, multiple sets. That 60 seconds isn't sufficient. That doesn't make you a dancer. How do you help them to to balance all of that? My so sorry. This one's My Okay. One of that, sorry. <laughs> My conditioning program, which is what I start off with, definitely kind of sets the tone. Not kind of, it does, which is why I'm not changing it whatsoever. It sets the tone of my entire program. It really sets the, the light bulb off in my students' minds. When we have incoming freshmen that come from all over, what, regardless of whether they've danced before or whether they are a lover of YouTube and all of the other social media spaces, platforms that share dance, um, or even those that come from studio spaces. My mm -hmm. warm up, my daily warm up, and we do this every single day after I call roll. The the process to learn that it definitely puts them in the mindset of, oh, I thought this was going to be a cakewalk. Well. Yeah. I can do that viral deal. Well, if you can't do this, then trying to perform like you're a favorite artist, it's a no-go, friend. Like, yeah. <laughs> but that also goes for athletics as well. <laughs> um, so I definitely marry the two. I, I make a bridge the gap between my classroom and those artists that are have really paved the way by classroom and athletics. So I incorporate everything. So, mm-hmm. Thank you, because I th I'm hoping that teachers and others who hear this, again, I don't want to crush any kiddo spirit, but I'm also one of like, look, you got to know the facts before you begin something or know enough because we're, 
enough of us don't know what we don't know and we think, well, all that ends reality. And then when reality hits, we're like, golly, if someone had just told me, at least I could have prepared myself. And so I think in preparing kiddos for the reality of whatever it is that they want to go after is I'm a big proponent for. And so to say to kiddos, like, look, if you're having issues with just the warm-up routine, just the if it's just the warm-up routine and you're not of the mindset of like, hey, I can get better. Let me not just quit and fold my hands. But if this is difficult for me now, let me put in the work so that it doesn't become difficult. Then yeah, your 30 seconds or 60 seconds on TikTok is you are not a dancer. You're just miming certain things. And you're just, you're just as good as Mr. Pierre. Um, and so wanting to keep it real with them is something I think that is um, essential because on the flip side too is as adults, we need that feedback as well too. Like, look, you may think you're hitting it, but when that assessment comes, if the kiddo, if 60%, 70% of the kiddos are failing, then it's like, look, it's not only on them, that's on you as well as an educator. And so how do you balance <laughs> balance uh, not crushing kiddos' spirits, but also letting them know like, this is the real, real and how they what they need to do in order to get to that level if that's a level that they truly want to pursue? Um. Within my classroom, it's definitely you have to set your feelings aside. You you have to. You cannot take it personal. There's a time and a place when it comes to that conditioning component. It has nothing personally to do about you. It's business. At the end of the day, it's business. When we go see that concert, you buy tickets to see Beyonce's Renaissance tour. It's business. When we see her behind the scenes, she's, you know, in front of the cameras, very stoic, very graceful. But when we hear those B-rolls in yeah. her rehearsal, she is cutthroat. Yeah. Who missed and didn't put my horse where it needed to be? Mm -hmm. Who messed up the track? Why were my lights not the way they were? Uh, even on herself as a performer. So I, I'm realistic with them in that retrospect. Same thing with Chris Brown, who is yeah. a phenomenal performing artist. His shows are crazy. So even relating that to them that, mm -hmm. you know, since he was little, because he was a studio kid. Not yeah. many people know that, but his mom had him in tap, tap classes and carrying on hmm. while he was playing basketball with the boys. So, yeah. you know, to, to know that you've got to set feelings aside, it's, it's the difference of having something that you love or is it a true passion? You can love it and not engage into it. You yeah. know, you can do it for recreation or you can do it for real. But within my classroom, if you're in here, you're in here seriously. If you're not going to take it seriously, you can still love it and just not be in this space and whatnot because... If you're on the other side of that door, you are going to work. There are no options. So I, I definitely set that aside, number one. Number two, I set my warm-up, my daily warm-up as teamwork. If one doesn't get it, we all don't get it. There is no, I got it, it's easy. No, we shut that conversation down because when you go to Friday Night Football, you don't hear that one team member say, I made that play. No, everybody made that play. What? Who made the score? That school, that team made the score. Yeah. It wasn't just that one person, you know? So I, I set it up in a... In a team workspace like that to really build them up, then I give them an opportunity because it is expected. The first two to three weeks for my warm-up, they fail. They do. However, they they start to build that trust with one another. And I even pull it back even uh, as far as how they enter my classroom. Um, I'm so grateful for my elementary school experiences because even before the kids come to cross over that threshold, you're in the hallway quietly feet are facing forward, lip zipped, shoes in a special place for the elementary school level. Now on the high school level, similar, but of course, give them more uh, authority and reign. Mm -hmm. When you come to my door, 
it's not a whole bunch of carrying on. You're you're silent. You know, I'm big on respect, but I'm gonna give it back to you in return. When you cross the threshold, speak. Yeah. Speak. When you speak to me, I'm gonna speak back to you. Cause how dare I ask for you to set up that 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 uh set that up and then not give it back to you. That's right. crazy. You right. know, you don't have to carry on a, a full on conversation. Hello, hi, good morning, good afternoon, good something. Yep. Yep. You know, so I set up those parameters before they even sit down on my floor. When one doesn't get it, everybody grab all your stuff, get out, let's do it again. Get your stuff, let's do it again. Let's do it again. And after a while, they start policing each other. Hey, mm -hmm. turn your cell phone off. Hey, put your phone in your book bag. Hey, take your earrings off. Hey, take your shoes off. Hey, this, that, and the third. They it's recognize where... they're part of the community. Yeah. They do. Yeah. They do. And I was like, did I have to, did you accomplish the task? Perfect. Great. Next, let's get to the syllabus. Once it's time for us to get to warm up, here's how you do the first go round. I understand if you don't catch it, we're going to do it together for 11,000 times. Mm -hmm. At least. You know, here are the resources if you need a video because some folks are visual. I get yep, that. Yep, yep. Number one, number two. Also, don't don't wait on me because my warm up is ten minutes long. Hmm. We need that ten minutes to get our mental and physical together before I can continue on with the rest of the class period. So, I, I it really is set up right when they come in before they even move. You have to earn the right to move. Yeah. You can't put your book bag up properly. How am I going to expect for you to move? That's a safety hazard at that point mm. for yourself and for the other people in the classroom. So it's, it's yeah, first day of school. Listening to you, I'm, I'm hearing the the educator for real in terms of like, <laughs> no, no, it, it, it's wonderful. And I'm sure of other folks who are listening, hopefully they're, they're picking up on certain moves that you're making as an educator that's setting the kids up for success. So one, recognizing that this is not individualistic, that you are not this sole island doing your thing by yourself. You're part of a community. And so the things you do affects the rest of us so that if you're out of step, all of us are going to not look good. And similarly to what you said, like if we're working with Beyonce, we recognize that the Queen Bee recognizes that, hey, perfection is what folks are expecting because that's what they paid for and that's what they're hoping to see. Similar with Chris Brown, if you're one of his dancers, then you have to hit hit that. I'm recognizing also too the level of respect of like, look, you're younger than me, but that doesn't mean you're any less human than me. So I'm going to give you respect and and expect for that to be reciprocated. And then three, you have certain routines, whether it be where to put your book bag, how you walk into the classroom. That's that the kids, if they're familiar with it after time, like, oh, okay. And to recognize again, going back to that community, like, hey, if one of us doesn't do this, all of us are going to jacked up. So it's not just like, oh. Raekwon can just go and do his own thing. No, we all are part of this, Raekwon. So you get your stuff together because it affects me as well. Um, so yeah, all the, all of that is super, super important in the classroom. Um, this for me, talking to educators like you who, once they leave the classroom, you can still see, feel, <laughs> hear in the words that they speak, that, ed that teacher voice is fantastic because it says to me, like, if you are a teacher who chooses to transition out of the classroom, where the majority of your day is not in front of kiddos in, in sort of the school or classroom setting, you have skills that are transferable. And so lis listening and hearing you as a dance teacher, one might think like, oh, she's doing dance. She's all the things that I do in my class. No, it, it, it really is so close together. Um, question, how many years were you in the classroom? Because listening to you, you sound like you, ha you are a veteran. This is year number 19. Year number 19, yeah. for sure, for July, sure. July 1st hits year number 19, yeah. Excellent, <laughs> excellent, yeah. I, I, I could hear it, I could hear it. <laughs> it is, it's a good thing, that, that's a good thing, because I'm hoping 
teachers who are at the start of their careers recognize like little by little you'll get there and if oh, you yeah. if you are a, if you're skilled maybe it'll take you shorter than it, it took me because if it felt like year four or five was when it started to finally click why the routines were so important why those relationships were so important why letting kiddos know that community this classroom this school you're a part of it so any, everything and anything that you do affects the rest of us so yeah that's dope. Mm -hmm. That's dope. Community and systems. Systems there it and is. community. And yeah. your own systems. Like my style very well may not be my dance colleague at our neighboring up the street around the corner in the same district, their style. But mm -hmm. as long as you find a system that works for you and your kids, it becomes like clockwork. When I say very little to no discipline issues, admin comes to my classroom to come and escape. They come to chill. Because <laughs> they know when they come in my room, it, there's a pin drop. If I'm right. not there and my kids are, like, it's it's like total silence. Just, yeah. <sighs> and, yeah. and for anyone who's listening to, to recognize that that is in your classroom. So if I were at the same school, I recognize for me that, hey, we're going to have a lot more voices on because if we're doing math, I'm a math teacher. Then we need that collaboration. Like, hey, what are you thinking? Why did you think that? I think differently. So for anyone who's listening again too, knowing that it doesn't have to be identical. However, the recognition of, hey, this is a routine in Mr. Pierre's class. This is a routine in Ms. V's class. This is a routine in Mr. X's class. As long as you know that and you, you recognize that it is a routine, that's not going to change just because I'm not there or you're not there. That's what up. That's that's what's going to set the kids up to be able to do the things they know they ought to be doing. Yeah, and so. it's a hybrid, yeah. definitely a hybrid. And mm -hmm. they also have to understand um, different teacher personalities. Yeah. Yeah, definitely understanding. No different than within their household. They know how they approach mom very well, maybe different how they approach dad, grandma, mm -hmm. auntie, cousin, scooter, whoever. Yeah, <laughs> for real, for real. Yeah. And so to anyone who's listening, I'm hoping you're picking up these gems that Venetia is putting down because there's so many of them and it's so beneficial to hear. Again, I want to reiterate, if you choose to transition out of the classroom, there's so much that you can do. There's so many skills that you've acquired that you've honed in being in front of it, in front of kiddos and working with admin or working with other teachers um, that'll help you make that transition. Was that transition an easy one for you as an entrepreneur, Venetia? from the classroom to what I do in my entrepreneurial space. Yeah. It actually was, it was not too bad. Okay. Um, I do several things in the entrepreneurial space. I do private lessons for students who are part of other dance teams because I have my own dance team at my own high school. Okay. But outside other kids from wherever will just come and get private training from me, then take it back to their own dance spaces to enhance their opportunities performance opportunities there so i definitely copy and paste okay. on that retrospect when i work with my adults because i have a mobile dance studio for uh busy women okay so working with my with my women my classes with them work the exact same way warm up here's our set routine so in the event that after she has been a businesswoman stay-at-home mom mom period professional whatevs and she comes to that space, she she can guarantee that, okay, it's not just, okay, so what are we doing now? It's a, I know we're gonna warm up. I know we're gonna do this, do that, do the third. We're gonna do a cool down and then I can go on about my day um, in that space. Same thing whenever I host, uh, I do pop-up events, dance events, uh, 
empowerment events, if you will. The same way that I host um, dance conventions for my students at school, I do the exact same thing with them as well. So they'll be introduced to a new guest artist. They'll explore the guest artist space that way. They'll get to converse on how that experience may have changed their perspective or enhanced their experience um, all together and then going about their business. Whenever I create digital products for other teachers um, and whatnot, what have you, it's basically what I do that have, has been successful for me in my space to share with, with others. So yes, definitely transferable. Now, and when you started making that transition, was that something that, or rather, let me ask, what do you wish that you knew sooner that now as a veteran, you're like, hey, knowing that all things can't be a priority, if you were to tell your younger self one or two things, what would be those one or two things that you tell them like, hey, this is a nugget that you need to get as soon as possible? As my younger teacher self to now or just? Yeah. Um, really honing down that that onboarding, that student and parent onboarding. And what I mean by onboarding those first few days of school that you hone in on your routine, that's that's definitely one to make the process seamless. We are we, we say we don't like control, but we do. We do like control and order and structure structure, you know, gives us a feeling of, of security and whatnot to know that when you've got this menu. I know what to expect, your itinerary, if you will. So that onboarding for parents to make them feel comfortable about their student being in my dance program and kind of what to, a general what to expect, that definitely has put parents at ease. Um, so they'll wonder, is my student required to be a part of their show? What if they're shy? What if this, that, third? What if we don't, you know, it, it alleviates all of that back and forth and takes off tension from me from always having to jump to respond. Did you Got check it. the handbook? Did you check the syllabus? Did you mm -hmm. check the website? Same thing for students, you know, and it also holds everybody accountable. Did you check? Did you check? Did you check before just kind of being passive with it? Yeah. Because us being passive outside the classroom, that can get us in a world of hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're passive about a contract, that cell phone contract, you didn't realize the terms and conditions. Yeah. <laughs> or if you realize that you were appointed to jewelry duty and you didn't realize, oh, you meant... Terms and conditions, you know, yeah. some type of accountability sort of situation um, that definitely number one, number two, it, it sounds so cliche, but definitely be yourself, be your unapologetic, authentic self. I do not sugarcoat. I do not put cute little pearls and laces. What they see with me is what they get, you know, but also at the end of the day, they know that my approach is approach is an approach of love because yeah. I'm, I'm, I strive to be what I did not have. Mm. Honestly, you know, I had a phenomenal dance educators, phenomenal. And I stand on mighty shoulders. However, that extra added, you know, let me be that for, for, for them. I tell them all the time. I teach in the district that I grew up in. I was like, y'all don't, we didn't have this, that, 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 and the third. So I'm putting you all on the opportunities for scholarships where families technically should not be paying for anything. Everybody's baby should be going to school for free. However, once a parent and families get to that senior year and it becomes overwhelming and they don't realize the access, yeah. I'm that miss, put you on. Let me put y'all on. Let me give you this, this free game. Now, if you drop the ball and leave the money on the table, man, dang, that's on you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but still, um, giving those, those opportunities. I wish I had known back then 
that 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 is an, an open space yeah. that if you're not giving don't wait for people to, to tell you what to do if if no one has done it do it yeah and then if they, you get a slap on the wrist get a slap on the wrist later but at the end of the day somebody benefited you tried <laughs> you tried it, you know? yep. and nine times out of ten admin's not going to say anything if it's feeding the community mm-hmm. so that's what's up that's what's up i i love again hearing my teacher ears are hearing like be your authentic self that's what kiddos are going to connect with when they see that you are you whoever that is and they're going to respect that because of like all right Mr. or Mrs. not changing. This is who they are. If they like this, they like this. If they want things this way, it's like that for everyone. They're not picking and choosing who has to follow this rule or not. So that's fantastic. And go where your your soul is going to be fed. And so being able to find a community that is going to nourish you and invest in you, it sounds like your admin is doing just that. Of that. They'll come to the studio and just chill, knowing that uh, Ms. B runs her, her classroom a particular way or runs the studio a particular way. That that is that's dope. That's dope. This part of the of the podcast, I, I guess, is a little selfish for me. Where I like to ask the guests, is there a book that you're reading or have read that you would highly recommend? Oh, I have dabbled in several audiobooks this okay. summer vacation. Too. Too, yeah. Um, one that has really just one of many that have has really fed me since I'm on this business entrepreneurial side is the the 48 hour work week oh that's a good one and i say that one of many like it because i procrastinate like crazy Mm. (laughs) my students know that i procrastinate like crazy people know that i procrastinate that like crazy that's only because my brain generates so many so much content so much that more than what i can produce and number one number two it gets to the point to where i i suffer from burnout and uh, burnout as an individual, burnout as an entrepreneur, burnout mm-hmm. as a teacher, it is uh, not no good at whatsoever, <laughs> you know, and it doesn't feel good. So so you you mentioned uh, the four hour work week by Timothy Ferris. Yes. Of not of learning how to balance and get things done, but not burning yourself out. Yes. Okay. I just it, quoted the title wrong. Bless it, Glory. It is all good. It is all good. <laughs> And then number two, is there a playlist right now, you being a dance teacher? I know music is something that you love as well. What would make your playlist right now? Knowing that playlists are fluid, that if you catch me on a Monday, it might change on a Thursday. What would uh, your playlist at the moment contain? Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> my, my ears are a little ratchetastic, if you will. That's but I like right. ener- right. energizing, engaging music. You could. Hit us with five. What are your five I, right I, now? I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Anything by uh, Uncle Luke, circa 1990s. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, just more more scarred and and work it out. But that Miami bass sound. Okay. All the way to the Jill Scotts and George Bensons. Ooh. To the uh, oh my goodness, Donnie Hathaway's okay. like. Oh my goodness. Even Erica, like Erica Badu. We'll I'm, I'm known to, to play any of them. Okay. Yeah. Now with your, your 10 minute warm up, does that change? Does the music change for that every day? Or is that usually the same? It, it changes every week. 
And it's a compilation of what the students suggest and what I like. Okay. I pick it first because I kind of already know what the majority is going to select. And I like to expound their ears. I play a lot of old school in my classroom. Good. I play a lot of cookout music in my classroom. Good. Uh, 1960s, 50s, nice, you know, nice. good old classics and things. However, ramp it up to cardio mode, a good bit of top 40 and whatnot. Um, I just, within my space, because I know that I'm a, I'm a pretty tough teacher, mm. but I also, with music, music motivates the mind in so many countless ways. I at least want to get them, if I see them putting up their things and kind of jamming to uh, to Guy or to a Black Street hit, you know, Ooh. or Parliament Funkadelic, like that, that does my soul, my spirit some good. Like if nice. I, my mama plays this, but we're cleaning <laughs> up. Like I love it. I get a kick out of it and stuff, which then motivates them to push them harder to get through the warm up. So a kind of mental play, if you will. Mm. Yeah. And when Fantastic. it's time to cool down, put on some some mood inspired India Irie esque yes. Scottish esque yes. somebody's um yeah. Yes. Yeah. Great choices, great choices, great choices. So folks, if you're listening to this episode, there are a couple gems I would drop. Two that I particularly um picked up and will be taking with me is one, knowing that you can pivot at any time. As an educator, you've got so many skills that you've honed within the classroom. If you choose to pivot outside of the classroom, there are a slew of things that you can do. And then number two, as was mentioned with uh, Venetia's uh, book recommendation, The 4-Hour Workweek, make sure that you are the master of your time rather than let time master you because you can easily get burned out by so many things that you have to do. I hope that this particular episode you were able to glean a couple of things. I am quite certain that we are going to have Venetia back on the show um, in oh, the future, for sure, for sure. Such a dope educator, such a dope entrepreneur who's doing so many um, wonderful things. But for this particular episode, it's coming to an end. I am Mr. Pierre. She is Venetia, a.k.a. Embodied by V. And this has been another episode of the Chronicles of Mr. And we're out.